0: What's up, guys? Welcome back. Hope everyone had a tremendous 4th of July Independence Day weekend. There is so much crazy and so little time, so we're going to dive right into this episode with some things about how the church should or should not be political, as well as some lessons from superheroes and Robin Hood. Hey guys, and welcome to another exciting episode of Your Life, God's Word. Thanks for joining this time of relevant conversation and scriptural application, where we apply God's Word to the most important areas of life. God, family, and community. We pray this broadcast inspires, encourages, challenges, and blesses you in every way. So without further ado, let's dive right in to this week's episode. What kind of podcast would this be if we don't get a little Independence Day flavor in here? And what better place to go than to the Declaration of Independence, right? July 4th, 1776, the Declaration of Independence, an incredible document. It says this, we hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men, are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. The original founding of this nation was based upon self-evident truths that were brought on by the creator, Rights that came from God, not from government, not from some other source, but from God. Now, they did not want to establish a uh, a state, uh, federal religion, and you know, therefore, you know, oppress people that maybe were not Christian, maybe people were uh, were not even sure about God or whatnot. They didn't want to oppress those people, so they did not establish a state kind of at the federal level, um, a, a government-backed church. But this whole separation of church and state stuff has gotten way out of hand and out of control, mostly from people that don't know anything about history, um, or the history they've they've learned, in you know what what some would call schools, what were formerly known as schools. Um, Some of those schools have started teaching people stuff that's absolutely nonsense. And if you look at some of the quotes from uh, some of the the men from that era, uh, John Adams, for instance, John Adams said, Our Constitution was made only for a moral and religious people. It is wholly inadequate to the government of any other. Benjamin Rush said it this way, The only foundation for a useful education in a republic is to be aid in religion. Without this, there can be no virtue. Without virtue, there can be no liberty. And liberty is the object and life of all republican governments. Without religion, I believe that learning does real mischief to the morals and principles of mankind. Noah Webster The Christian religion in its purity is the basis or rather the source of all genuine freedom in government. He went on to say, I am persuaded that no civil government of a Republican form can exist and be durable in which the principles of that religion have not a controlling influence. John Jay, uh, for those that don't know, John Jay um, was the first Chief Justice... Of the Supreme Court. He said, the Bible is the best of all books. It is the Word of God and teaches us the way to be happy in this world and in the next. Continue, therefore, to read it and to regulate your life by its precepts. And of course, the one and only George Washington, religion and morality are the essential pillars of civil society. And we friends, are blessed to live in a country where the foundations were dug out with the intent that it be a moral and religious, meaning a Christian, nation. Uh, The Judeo-Christian heritage goes way back, and it is absolutely, I believe, the defining uh, difference between, say, other revolutions, like the French Revolution, and the American Revolution. Uh, The American Revolution was not about, you know, down with all government. It was down with government that usurped our God-given rights. Uh, The French Revolution, on the other hand, was not centered around Judeo-Christian principles and quickly descended into chaos and darkness. And that's what we see happening around us. People who have no moral compass. I'm sorry, you, you don't burn down buildings, uh, beat people up, uh, cause all kinds of civil unrest and put people in fear and these kinds of things if you have a moral compass that is working. Uh, and, and this is why it cannot survive. It cannot actually Stand. Uh, I've said before. I don't can't remember if it was on this podcast or not. But uh, you know, let the. Unfortunately, for the for the innocent folks, the people who are not buying into this junk, uh, get out, <laughs> get away. Let these jokers, you know, do their thing um, and watch them implode and destroy themselves. And then step back and say, uh huh. Now we're going to come in and we're going to get back on track where we need to be. Um, we're seeing that happen now. Um, however, there's something I want to, I want to kind of go into here. And in general, I am always most concerned, most concerned with the internal workings of the church, the church in society, uh, because as a, as a true believer, as a uh, follower of Jesus Christ, as what I hope to be labeled and hope I live up to being a disciple of our Lord Jesus Christ, uh, I am much more concerned about what's going on in the church because the church is what matters. The world will always be the world, there will always be sin, there will always be you know bad stuff happening, and I think the church can certainly be a light and do a lot of things to make it better. And I believe that the principles of the church helped to create the greatest country uh, known to man, the United States of America. Now, something that I find interesting, right? Have you ever, <clears throat> have you ever, have you ever stepped back and thought about uh, some of the some of the things we entertain ourselves with, right? Books we read, fiction, movies, uh, TV shows, things like that. Uh, specifically, right? Those ones that I mean, you you go and you watch like a superhero movie, right? Uh, you, the, the the bad guys are going to conquer the universe or take over or whatever, and and here come the good guys and you know, you have this cool little conflict and, you know, I mean, the good guys like always win, right? But when you when you step back and you think about some of these characters, right? Don't think too much. You know, you don't have to be a, um, a, 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 a horrible cynic and critic all the time. But if you just think a little bit, right? A lot of these superheroes that we look at, Right, they're womanizers, drunkards, drug addicts. You know, they're they're totally rebellious, horrible attitudes. You know, it's all about revenge and murder. Uh, <laughs> you know, I mean, they've got vices and hangups. Um, and, and and again, if we can't separate, if we can't separate fiction from reality, what can happen is we can start to say, as a, as a church, we can start to take on some of these ideals and ideas that come from say the world around it because the ultimate superhero of course is Jesus Christ and his life looks a whole lot different than you know Punisher Wolverine Batman <laughs> okay i mean uh he's nothing like Tony Stark um or even Captain America right i mean he uh vastly different right and there's there's one there's one person that that that's, that 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 in, in literature and in movies and things kind of, you know, constantly p- people know about this person, right? He's not necessarily a superhero, but he's definitely a, a hero. Most people would look at him as a, as a force for good, right? A hero. That is Robin Hood, right? Think about Robin Hood, man. I mean, <clears throat> granted, you know, the guy might've been wearing some green tights and that may not have been totally, hmm, totally cool, but Robin Hood, right? Awesome with the bow, this, this swashbuckling, you know, he, he, he takes on, you know, the forces of evil, uh, the, you know, the Duke of Nottingham and, and, and the, 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 the governmental forces that are oppressing people. But if you think about his main thing, right, one line that, that really describes Robin Hood is what? Take from the rich, give to the poor, right? And in the story, it's like, yeah, the rich, these evil people they are stopping them in, you know, Nottingham Forest and they're, they're, you know, it's, it's this, these, these, uh, you know, self-righteous, um, mean-spirited. Some of them even straight-up evil, rich people. And here they are, you know, uh, always with a with a cool one-liner uh, t- toward the end of the of the theft. But they are, uh, you know, confiscating these people's money and valuables and things of that nature, right? <laughs> Terrorizing them in the middle of the woods, <laughs> I mean, and um, yeah yeah and, and again, right we watch the movie and, and uh, or, or read the book, or whatever and, and of course the the other forces are put in this light that we we're, we're, we're rooting for Robin Hood. Of course we are because we want justice. We want right but but think about this in reality, right. Robin Hood is a vigilante that I mean thankfully, Right, we we kind of say, well, but it was he was you know the pure in the motives and and but but what if he wasn't right? What if he had a twisted view of society and went off being a vigilante and you know doing things that all of us look at and go, oh my gosh, that was horrible, right? Robin Hood was not a Christian, <laughs> okay? <laughs> he might have had Friar Tuck on his team, but um, you know Robin Hood stole from people, right? Robin Hood, at the, you know, the force of a bow and a sword, took people's stuff and gave it to other people, okay? This is contrary to the principles of God's kingdom. And whereas we can, as Christians, I you know, enjoy some entertainment and and the overall, like, you know, uh, be a champion of, of those that are downtrodden, those, you know, the Bible says pure and undefiled uh, undefiled religion, right? Taking care of widows and orphans and keeping ourselves unspotted from the world. Um, that might invigorate us, you know, Robin Hood, because like, yeah, he's looking out for the little guy. But we should be able to leave, right, that book behind, leave the theater, you know, turn the TV show off or whatever it is and realize, yeah, but in in real life where, you know, we've got, the principles of God's kingdom, we've got scripture, we've got the teachings of Jesus, the apostles. (laughs) Um, uh, Robin Hood is a sinner and needs to repent because he's stealing from people and terrorizing them, okay? And and, and what's my point? That I don't like Robin Hood? No. I, I, I can be entertained just as much as anyone else. My point is, Christians who start to buy into the mentality of the world not just read something as a as a work of fiction and be entertained by it. I mean, I'm entertained by you know a, a fiction a fictional account, novel, book, whatever, as much as anybody else. But I can then say, yeah, but that's that's fiction. Okay, I'm not going to start taking on the uh, the persona or the ideas presented. Right, the idea that it's okay to steal from people and give to other people is Huh? It's okay to terrorize folks. I mean, I, I don't think that's a, a scriptural mandate. Um, I'm pretty sure it's not. So again, it we need to realize we are an entertainment-driven culture. You can go uh, listen to the last podcast we had, and um, well, the last weekly podcast. I think we had one in between, didn't we? Uh, where where we talked about that there are uh, there are certain things right, to take pride in, and it's not in what the world takes pride in. And we talked about how there are agendas literally written down for people to follow, and one of them is take the entertainment-driven culture and drive your agenda through to their psyche by books, movies, TV shows inundating them right so that their minds begin to change and the church needs to be aware that that is something that happens and over time within the church even within the church yes i mean society at large definitely happens and yes within the church we can start to develop mindsets that are contrary to the word of god now i'm going to say this kind of right off the bat i am very concerned okay about our our country united states our culture. I'm very concerned about things going on around the world. There's a, you know, there's a lot of unrest, a lot of things happening. Did you know? We just had Independence Day weekend, right? Did you know? Over the weekend, uh, Atlanta Mayor Keisha Lance Bottoms uh came out and said a few things because there was this eight-year-old girl, little girl that was killed. And this is what the mayor had to say. Uh, Secoria Turner was shot and killed last night. And it was not at the hands, by the hands, of a police officer. It was by the hands of a coward. Cowards who are still out and about in our community. Then she went on to say, but the difference in this moment in time and the civil rights movement, the civil rights movement, uh, there was a, there, uh, sorry, in the civil rights movement, there was a defined common enemy. So we're fighting the enemy within when we are shooting each other up on the streets in this city and you shot and killed a baby and it wasn't one shooter. There were at least two shooters, an eight year old baby. If you want people to take us seriously and you don't want to lose this movement, then we can't lose each other. And you you may or may not, I mean you can go check YouTube and see it, but there's just like these gut-wrenching videos of the mom and dad and and they're they're there saying the the mom and dad are saying, "Black lives matter? You just killed one of our own." Okay? You just killed one of your own. So if black lives really matter, why in the world are black people killing other black people and, and the the thing is in this whole thing right over the weekend there were at least six that, that that are known at this point in time uh black children just the black children that were killed over the weekend where is black lives matter where are they where where are they in Chicago where 80 87 the the, the headline I saw I've seen different numbers but 87 shot. 17 killed just over July 4th weekend? Are you kidding me? Last year, oh, what was the stat? I, 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 You can go look it up. Correct me if I'm wrong. I believe it was in 2019, there were a total of nine unarmed black assailants that were killed by the cops. Now, that doesn't mean all of them were innocent, right? You could be unarmed and still be posing a threat, trying to beat a cop up, you know, take his gun, try to kill him with it. Whatever, but let's just say they're all totally innocent. Nine. Okay, over the weekend, in Chicago, 17 killed. Where is the outrage? Where is the outrage? And forget about all the junk going on in, you know, Chaz, Chop, I'm not sure, they're changing the name of that thing over there in in Seattle, where, you know, basically people have taken over part of the city, right? Went in, terrorized, (laughs) built... (laughs) built barriers took over part of the city. This is happening today in our society, right? Calls for defunding the police. Well, this is what happens when we defund the police, right? Look at New York right now. Right? Crimes on the rise. Why? Well, defunding the police. This is the this is the the state of this nation right now, but it's not just the nation. Did you know that China just just basically came in and are they're, they're they're making heavy moves to take over Hong Kong okay Hong Kong was what they put out there like the the the, the democracy the democratic wing of of China try and put them in a you know a bit little better light um, but did you know they, they came out with a law um, to stop dissension to stop people from spreading democracy the Chinese government they are removing books from shelves that support democracy they're literally going in and old school, like, 1984 style, they are removing, the, the, the Ministry of Information is coming in and removing uh, books and things like that. Um, uh, what was his name? Gordon Chang, uh, in commenting on the new Chinese law, said this, Indeed, you don't even have to go to Hong Kong to be at risk. Because Hong Kong and China have extradition treaties with other countries. Article 38 of the law says that any comment, any statement on foreign soil by a foreigner is a violation of the, of the national security law if it advocates secession, terrorism, collusion, sedition, all the rest of it. In other words, right? certainly a Chinese citizen... Who who is you know in the, in the United States or you know in, in England or something that says something negative about the the government in China says something positive like we need we need democracy in China what's going on with this I mean they could literally like go through extradition and try and get them back to China throw these jokers in jail this is the world. We we live in. And here we have a bunch of people out smashing monuments, okay? Beware, just keep your eyes open for when they stop with the monuments and they start trying to rewrite history, they start destroying books. They start trying to uh, get out there and stop free speech, right? censor. Uh, historical facts and people coming out and saying wait a minute this is what history really is like there was a cartoon a little uh, political cartoon that i saw it's the the setting is you can tell it's like like washington dc type of setting there is a a monument the base of a monument you can you can tell the statue's been torn off right and um there's a uh this this social justice uh <laughs> lady out there with like a little backpack on and stuff and she's got a uh, she's got a sign up it says destroy history and this guy walks up to her and says uh that was a statue of an abolitionist and the social justice uh chick says what is an abolitionist <laughs> and then you have this couple over to the side and the man says to the woman Maybe we should be defunding public education. <laughs> right? well, what's an abolitionist? And you might think, oh, that's ridiculous. But people are taking down statues of Frederick Douglass. Uh, Frederick Douglass was a black man who was an abolitionist. I mean, he, he helped overturn, destroy slavery. And he, he himself was black. Why in the world are we tearing down his statue? It's interesting. It's interesting. I, I don't think some of these folks are too far off when they're saying that people are trying to rewrite and destroy history. Um, but once again, okay, I, I'm, I'm, I'm concerned about what's going on in our world. I've got kids. You probably have kids. Even if you don't, maybe you're concerned about the world that you are living in. Maybe you plan to live, you know, a few more years, and you're a little concerned about the world that you're going to be living in. Now, I know some people just like to turn—again, I'm not trying to be mean— but some people literally—it's almost like they turn their their brains off. Oh, that like that could never happen here. Oh, that's ridiculous. That how do how do you think people thought right before some of the most pivotal times in history? Seconds before, right? Seconds before some of the most traumatic events that kicked off things like World War One, World War um, Two. What, what what do you think? People were thinking, right, leading up to things like Hitler throwing people in concentration camps. I mean, people turn; they were turning their nah. They didn't want to believe it. They didn't. There were people that just didn't want to. Oh, you shouldn't. Oh, it's not that big of a deal. We've seen politics. We and and then what? Sometimes it is going to be absolutely nothing, but big nothing burger. But there there are times it's not, and it blows my mind that people just keep on going like nothing's ever... It's not going to change. We're all good. Everything's going to be fine. We're going to continue to, you know, watch Netflix and and munch on McDonald's and everything's going to be A-OK. That's exactly what people are going to think if that ever changes in this country. If this country ever gets overturned by crazy fascists. <laughs> I mean, moments before it's overturned, people are going to be thinking, oh, you shouldn't say anything. Oh, you should... <sighs> but... As concerned as I am about that stuff, I'm more concerned about the church. I'm more concerned about the church because I realize the loudest voice in all of these things is usually the voice of the silent majority. There is usually a great, like, just, just large number of people who they, they they don't buy in. They're not part of it, but they're acquiescent. They're quiet, Right? and their silence speaks volumes. You know what it says? You know what silence says when people are out in the streets burning stuff down, ripping down monuments? Silence says, you know what? We're not going to stop you. Silence says there's not going to be any retribution or punishment for your your horrible behavior. Silence actually encourages people to continue. Silence also could be saying, well, you know, we kind of support you, but we don't want to say it. Silence is not helpful. It just isn't helpful. I don't. I don't think you got to be, you know, crass and and mean spirited all the time. On the other side, Jesus by no means was crass, mean spirited. I don't think uh, some of the prophets or the um, or the apostles or any of these folks. Uh, none of them were mean. None of them were were, were you know. But. Let's let's just go through. The, shall we go through the Bible, right? Because a lot of times, church folks, oh, you know, we shouldn't speak out. You're not. You're, in fact, they'll even get like righteous indignation. Like you're not supposed to like that. It's actually against the Bible. It's against God to say something about a politician, uh, calling them out. Like this is a this is a principle of the kingdom of God. This person is violating it. They should be called to order. They should not be doing this. It's almost like, oh, you shouldn't do that. You should just come to church and and be spiritual. Well, let me just let me just say something, right? John the Baptist, why did he get thrown into prison? Because he called out a politician for being in adultery. Was that a sin? Was that wrong? Is that Jesus Christ called Herod a fox. Well, I guess, you know, it's a good thing Jesus repented of that horrible, you know, wicked crime. Uh, I mean, (laughs) hello. Hello, people. Uh, Also, some of the greatest uh, institutions of the day, Jesus taught things that absolutely flew right in the face of these institutions. And yes, with the with the political, I'll say the religio-political—is it politico-religious? I don't know how you say that. The political and religious Jews of the day, Pharisees, Sadducees—these guys were very political. Okay, he straight up pointed in their face, <laughs> called them out, and uh, I don't understand. I, well, I do, right? I do. Um, it—it's—it's. It's, it's the fight or flight thing, right? I've used this example numerous times as illustrations in in preaching. I'm probably on this podcast too. I just I love the illustration. Do you think everybody, when when the music was playing and Nebuchadnezzar was saying, bow down to this uh, this statue, do you think every single person that bowed down to that to that idol, that statue, except for the three Hebrew children, right? Do you think everybody was really bowing down and going, wow, we really worship this thing. This thing is a god. This guy is a god. No. There was a whole bunch of people just let's, let's just go along to get along. Let's, and you better believe there was people giving the, the stank eye to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You better believe it. Because sometimes the greatest opposition to people standing for truth is people who also believe that same truth. They agree with you, but they just think you should not say anything. <laughs> And what's happening in this society is we have these echo chambers of people that the only voices they hear are the voices who all agree with them. And so they think everybody agrees with them when actually the majority of folks do not. And so the church needs to realize there's nothing wrong with being a voice, right? If it was wrong to call out political figures and stand against um, systems of the day, Right then, Jesus was in the wrong. John the Baptist was in the wrong. Paul called out Elimus, right? I guess that's how you pronounce his. His name was also Bar Jesus, right? Um, who was sitting? He's there with the proconsul, all right. So th- he's in the group of folks. He's there with the political elite, and Paul calls him out. Okay, you're you're you're, you're a son of the devil. <laughs> I mean, oh no, we shouldn't do that. We should nope, nope. The, the prophets in the Old Testament, I mean, almost every single one of them pointed their finger in the face of political leaders and said, you are wrong, you are disobeying God's laws, you are in... The, and some of them got in a lot of trouble for it too, right? Got killed for it, got thrown in prison for it. Um, doesn't mean there's not going to be consequences, but at the same time, where from the scriptures do people get this understanding that... We should come to church. And again, I don't think every church service should be a political rally or anything like that. I'm not saying that. But when these are the times we live in, right? I mean, good, good Lord. <laughs> we, got, we got people in the streets burning stuff down. People committing violence. And people are squeamish to, to, to point and say, black lives matter. If you are a legitimate organization, why aren't you speaking out about all these people killed over Independence Day weekend? If you are not, okay, I would let me let me put it this way. Let's say someone, not me of course. But let's say someone were to propose, I theorize, I put the hypothesis out there that Black Lives Matter is mostly a political organization with an agenda And they're just using hashtag Black Lives Matter to try and get support because, of course, everybody agrees that Black Lives Matter, right? All lives matter, right? Who's going to say, oh, that's not true? Of course it is. But if someone were to say people are using that as a front to be wicked, to push vile, evil agendas, what is the evidence that that's not true? Okay? Again, if, if Black Lives Matter, where are they coming out and saying, look at all this black-on-black crime. Look at all these lives lost and killed, not by the cops, not by you know the white evil system, uh, you know, the, syst- the systemic racism. It wasn't any of that. It was in their own neighborhood, rival gangs in a shootout, killed somebody. Where are they coming out and saying, this right here needs to stop, this is garbage, where is the attention, where is the focus? It's not there. Okay, And I think it's not wrong for the church to point and say, that organization is false. That organization is just, they just got a political agenda. Here in the church, black lives really do matter. We want all of this stuff to stop. All lives matter, actually, because we are all image bearers of our God and Savior, right? We are image bearers of the one true God. We are image bearers, and life is sacrosanct. Life is sacred, okay? And so, of course, black lives matter. But the thing is, again, when you when you look into some of these things, they are actually not what they seem. I don't think it's really even political to point that out. I think it's just common sense. And it's the world we live in. It's not like we're just you know making something up, bringing something up from 200 years ago, which <clears throat> some people in the society are doing right now. But, you know, it's not like that. It's, again, the church needs to be able to point and look at evil and say, that's wrong. But so much of the church doesn't have a backbone. And those who do say something, and the ones who don't, who agree with what was said, get mad. I think it's, it, it, it's wrong for people to do that. I think we should, in balance, stand against evil and promote that that is good. Now, I did say in balance, because you can get crazy out of balance with this stuff. And I think that balance needs to uh, be placed upon a couple of primary tenets, okay? First, our ultimate enemy is not people. I said that I think in the last uh, last week's podcast, the enemy is not people. All right? So you can say it's an evil organization, it's an evil agenda and all this stuff, but 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 our and yes, people can be evil. Pe- there are evil people, but the person is not the ultimate enemy. The ultimate enemy of the church, the ultimate enemy of God is are, are those in the camp of satan okay and the demonic but of course people can be the enemy of god (laughs) okay um so but the church's ultimate enemy is not people okay we we pray for their souls we pray if someone is acting and behaving in an evil way the church should be against what they're doing against the sin for the principles of the kingdom but at the same time Praying that that person be brought to the light. Praying that that person be saved. Praying that that person change their heart and come to Christ. Right? The mission of the church is not political. It's spiritual. That means pushing the kingdom of God. But when you push the kingdom of God, you're going to come into conflict with the kingdoms of man. You're going to come into... There is going to be life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Right? You, If you believe... That God created people with a freedom, okay? That we are not supposed to be enslaved to another person. God created us that way. If you come into, into contact with a group of people that are like, yeah, slavery is the best thing since sliced bread, guess what? You're going to have conflicting views. And you can go to the scriptures and say, no, God made us to be image bearers. We are equal in him right? We are equal, and that is not how people should be treated. But, oh, you shouldn't say that. Oh, you shouldn't do that. Oh, you, no. The church the church is not, as far as I see in the scriptures, I see no place where the church is supposed to just remain silent on all things going on in the current day, and we are supposed to simply uh, teach ethereal concepts that nobody really connects with, and then we just pray and go home. Paul taught in the epistles, and of course we can go back and be like, yeah, we need to teach this. Well, at the time he was teaching them, he was standing, I mean, he was standing in stark contrast. You look at certain epistles, right? Like the the epistle to the Colossians. I mean, he he, he was in in very, very bold terms, was completely destroying the uh, some of the prevailing thoughts of the day, certain religious orders. And certain governmental systems, Jesus, like I already said, pointed out some of the hypocrisy and some of the Pharisees and Sadducees. Paul, all right, again, I don't think it's getting on Facebook and name-calling. That, that's not that, at all what I'm saying. What, I, I don't agree with that. Um, but there is a difference between teaching a concept and saying, here are examples of this going on in our society. This is wrong. Versus attacking someone. Okay, though if you think they're one and the same, well, then maybe you shouldn't try the former because you only you only know how to attack people. Um, so, ultimate enemy not people. The ultimate mission is not political. Okay, and the ultimate measuring stick, right, which is immovable, is the word of God. We don't go with you know what 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 we voted for in the church bylaws. We we go with the word of God says this. This is true. This is right. This is the kingdom. This is antagonistic to the kingdom. That is wrong. See what I'm saying? The goalposts are not movable. So on this last point, I think it's, it's kind of easy... Again, I think, I personally think it's kind of easy if the church will just obliterate all the political nonsense and the political noise. Things that are strictly politically motivated. You know, I'm just red to the core. My dad voted Republican and his dad before him. Um, that's not, you know, or, or, or Democrat or whatever it is. Okay. That's not helpful. What's helpful is here's where the Bible stands. Here's what God has set up. Let's look at the systems that are trying to destroy this, okay? So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go through a few things, right? Two things, actually. One is God. The other is God's original institution, okay? His original institution is the family. That is the institution that he decided to use to show forth his glory, to uh, to be the, the governing the, the small, I'll say smallest governing unit in the earth, right, is family. So let's take God, okay? Anytime things are proposed, things tear down God, the church should be against it, right? Go back to the 60s, the whole prayer in school thing. You know, again, it can sound, it sounds very, hmm, sounds very uh, politically astute, very noble to say something like well you know I don't I don't I don't need the schools to teach my kid to pray I'll do that at home well I have I fully agree but a political system that tries to take prayer out of schools in the way that it did in the 60s is something the church should stand against I'm against that. I am against that I am with the founding fathers I believe that our way of life, it was made, um, it was made for a a moral and religious people. I'm with them, and I believe that. Um, I I think you have to, again, you have to get to the point where you're not afraid of of the backlash, even from well-meaning like oh, it's more noble to say it this way. No, it is not. No, it is. I think a sign of cowardice when people, they won't speak out. They won't speak out on this. They won't speak out on that. Fine, don't speak out. Then somebody has the courage to speak out and say, this is wrong, this is immoral. Then then all of a sudden you have a backbone. Then all of a sudden you are ready to speak out against the person who is standing for God's kingdom and standing for God's principles. Whose side would someone be taking in that? Think about it. Right, someone is actually taking the side of the world. <laughs> and so, again, I think because I used to, and I'm saying this to myself because I used to kind of lean this way, where it's like, oh, you know, politics and church, or, um, you know, we we can't. I used to say, I used to say the phrase, not a whole lot to people, but I mean, just you can't legislate morality. Yes, you can. That's exactly what legislation is. I mean, if we think murder is wrong, guess what we do? We legislate it, and we make it illegal. (laughs) So uh, that's exactly what law and legal systems tries to do, is legislate morality. And I would say, if we're going to do that, what morality should we be legislating? I personally think it's the morality of the Judeo-Christian heritage. So things tearing down God, things tearing down God, uh, things that promote atheism, Plural, plural, pluralism, relativism. Okay, pluralism and relativism—they are really just uh, modified forms of paganism. That—that's really all they are. Maybe they won't go as far as to actually delve into things like witchcraft, straight, you know, Wiccan or or pagan systems. Um, They won't actually go full New Age, where they're actually doing some of the some of the spiritual aspects of it. But relativism and pluralism—they are basically just paganism. Right? It's when everything goes, right? Your, your truth is, is just as good as this person's truth, because there is no truth with a capital T. People saying something like, there's no truth with a capital T. That is wrong. That is against the Bible. It is not mostly true. It is completely false, okay? Pulling down the institutions that God establishes, okay? Pulling down morality that God puts into place, These are things that are affronts to God. It is evil. It is vile. It is wicked. And though we love people who might be in these kinds of movements, in these political wings and parties, we love them and we hope and pray that they will come to Jesus, come to know him, come into the kingdom. (laughs) But for the time being, no, you're on the wrong side. Things that would take away people's religious freedom, right? Things that would take away freedom from people. God-given, okay? Now, on the other hand, we have God and family, right? The institution, God made it this way. God made it a certain way. Man, woman, come together, have children. Man and woman are the ones governing that home, and, and that kind of... That is, how, that is what God established, Okay, so things that would tear down familial roles, responsibilities, God's ordained structure, um, an order for the family, tearing down parental authority, tearing down men, you know, as being strong and good, godly husbands and fathers, tearing down moms, destroying motherhood. All of these things are evil, not just um, ill-advised. They are definitely ill-advised, because when you're coming up against God, that is ill-advised. <laughs> so, But they are not just ill-advised. They are evil. They are evil. Okay, so we need to, as Christians, we need to have that righteous judgment again. I, I don't believe in, oh, I'm in for this party, so whatever they do is right. Wrong. Uh, if, if somebody on on your side of the fence is saying things, doing things okay pushing things that are tearing down God's order for the family and you can see it right in the Bible what that is okay if you don't want to take the time to study out the Word of God, what kind of Christian are you? I would say mm, huh let's just say not a scriptural one, not the kind that was in the Bible okay so so which kind are you you, you make the decision um, but but again, right we we need, People who are true disciples of Christ, who are not cowardly, who are not full of, uh, 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 of, of backbones that are made of gelatin. We need people who are strong men and women of God, who can look lovingly, and this is sometimes a challenge, right? Not going over into, well, I hate people and this kind of thing. No. Look lovingly at the world before them and say, You are in sin. You need Jesus Christ. I think it's very easy to look at the systems of our world, doesn't matter what it is, from Hollywood, media, sports, entertainment, uh, government, uh, the school system, it doesn't matter what it is. If it is diminishing, tearing down the principles of the kingdom of God, that is not a good thing. There, There should be no problem with the church speaking out as such. If it's tearing down the family... I don't think the church should have a problem pointing that out. And I don't think there's anything wrong with naming names and specifying what you're talking about. If there's a specific group of people who are pushing uh, whatever the agenda, we're not even going to go into it right now, but it's contrary to the word of God, and it's a popular thing going on in the culture, I don't think there's anything wrong with saying, This group right here, this thing they're pushing, they are wrong. This is evil. This is against God. I'm not saying all those people should be taken into the street and stoned. Never said, you know, again. But they should be able, people should be able to call that out. And this is why I say Robin Hood was a sinner. Needs to repent and get right (laughs) with with God (laughs) for all that thieving he did. Okay, once again, the church cannot start to buy into the systems of the world. Once the system, it doesn't matter how much it tugs at our heartstrings. It doesn't matter how well, but it's for a good cause. It does not matter. If it is against the principles of the kingdom of God, the church should draw a line and say, I don't cross over this. I'm sorry. I I like you. I like the ad you put on. It had great great music, and you had these good-looking people on there really making their points well, but no, it's against the kingdom of God. I'm sorry. I'm not with you. That's what the church should be able to do, and I hope this podcast has encouraged you and helped you understand I myself very much so um, in the past have have felt this way again because the pressure is so strong even within the church just just be quiet just pray just you know maybe amongst yourselves talk a little bit but don't ever really like call something out don't ever really just you know say something Uh, but it's again if if the world doesn't hear it from the church who will they hear it from nobody (laughs) and so the world will grow darker and darker and darker not because it was prophesied that way but because the church is silent I don't think the church should be silent. I think we should stand for what's right. I think we should stand for God. I think uh, you guys remember—I know again—I date myself and some of these things, but it just—it just came to my mind. This uh, old school song uh, by Carmen. Remember Carmen? Um, the uh, the only hope for America is Jesus. Of course, he could only he can do it right. Right? It's like the only hope. For America is Jesus. Um, so you can go check it out, YouTube or something. I'm sure it's on YouTube. But but he had, I mean, th- this song came out in, like, what, 1993, it says here. Um, my goodness. In 93, he was saying, uh-uh. The only thing that we need is Jesus Christ. That's what we need. The, the only hope. For America is Jesus. I think it's I can't remember the exact name of the song. We want God America again, maybe is the name of the song. We want God in America again. But he had it right, okay? He had it right. And I pray that the church can take a stand and can boldly proclaim that indeed the only hope for America is Jesus. I love you. God bless you. I hope this podcast has helped you, and we will catch you on the next episode.